Hey, Jet Setters, and welcome to the Jet Set Life podcast, where travel meets personal development. I'm Brittany Ryan, your travel guide on this incredible adventure we call life, where we explore how to live life to the fullest. Each week, I'll be sharing inspiring stories, practical tips, and successful techniques on how to elevate the quality of your life every day and how to celebrate those small wins along the way. I want more adventure in your everyday and more meaning in your now. So ready to take off? Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, friends. How are we doing this week? Despite all the worry and fear in the world right now, I'm actually feeling pretty calm and content. And I think that's because I'm more of an introvert. So being at home and spending time with myself just thinking about life feels really nice for me. So what have I been up to in the house lately? Well, this week I started recording a podcast. In fact, this is my very first episode. I thought it would be rather appropriate for my first topic on the podcast to be about starting before you feel ready because, well, (laughs) I certainly don't feel ready to be podcasting, but here I am. I first discovered the world of podcasts last year, and I've really started enjoying it. I love three types of podcasts the most. I like podcasts on personal development, obviously, podcast for improving my blogging and marketing skills, and then my guilty pleasure are murder mystery podcasts. Oh my goodness. If you're just getting started in the world of podcasts, I highly recommend checking out the, the following four. The Thing About Pam, Bad Blood, Dr. Death, and The Dropout. They are all so fascinating I listened to all of Dr. Death on a flight from Tokyo to Dallas, and it truly made the time fly by. So keep that in mind if you're ever on a long-haul flight. Needless to say, I've really gotten into podcasts lately, but I never really had the desire to record anything myself. I'm a thinker and a listener, but not so much a talker, so hearing myself recorded is uncomfortable for me. But... I've found a lot of purpose and meaning in developing the Jet Set Blonde blog, and my mission is to help others create their Jet Set life as I've created mine. And part of this mission means reaching out to women in the way that they like to consume information. Some prefer reading blog posts, but others would rather hear it. So here I am, and I know that the work is worth the risk. So I've gotten to work. I got a proper microphone, downloaded some audio recording software, and I'm giving this a go. (laughs) I choose to be the type of person who starts things. When I start things, I can chase my dreams and I can experiment and I don't let the fear of failure stop me. I'd rather live a life of doing and not just wishing. If you look at the habits of successful people, it's that they start before they feel ready. If you're working on something important, you'll never really feel ready. You're bound to feel uncertain, unprepared, and maybe unqualified. But you can't let the thoughts around these feelings stop you from taking action. 
just as I have with this podcast. You can wish for your dreams to come true for months or even years, but without a commitment to real action, it's a guarantee for those dreams to never come true. What's that one quote? Um, I think it's Wayne Gretzky. He said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And that's so true. On a side note, any hockey fans out there, I grew up going to the Dallas Stars and love hockey games. Okay, back to it. The most successful people you see out there with tons of followers or lots of money had to start from square one at some point in time. We all had to start at zero at one point in time. Discomfort can be one of the reasons that people don't start before they're ready. I know for me, I felt very uncomfortable starting a podcast, but I had to get over that fear. And here I am giving it a go. Overwhelm can also be another reason for why people don't start. When I was a freshman at the University of Oklahoma, I heard about the Rotary Ambassadorial Scholarship Program. This program allowed someone to study abroad while getting their master's on a full-ride scholarship. Pretty amazing, right? I knew that this was something major, and I wanted it so bad. So after four years of hard work and preparation for the interview and the application, I was awarded that scholarship. The following year, I got to go to the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, and I could not believe how fortunate I was to have this opportunity. We had made it halfway through the year, and I had gone home for Christmas in the U.S., and we were starting a new semester back in Scotland in January. And I was dreading coming back, not because I didn't want to be in Scotland and I didn't want to see my friends. I totally did. But I was dreading it because this was the time when we had to start writing our master's thesis that would determine whether or not we graduated. No pressure, right? (laughs) We started taking classes on how to write a thesis and how to do research properly. And I was sitting in these classes just floundering around in my mind, thinking, what in the world do I write about? And I was also thinking, I have nothing good to say. This giant thesis project seemed so overwhelming to me. You had to collect different types of research. It had to be at least 100 pages long. And it had to have all these different resources to support it. It felt impossible. And for weeks, I was debilitated. I didn't feel ready, so I wasn't starting. And the longer I wasn't starting, the greater my anxiety grew. It was like this cloud looming over me, telling me that I needed to start, but I had no idea how to. And finally, my anxiety just grew so much that I felt like I couldn't handle it anymore. And I was just like, I need to just start. I don't care what it looks like at this point. Even if it's horrible writing and doesn't make any sense, I just need to start writing. So I sat down, and little by little, as I was writing and jotting down ideas and thoughts, the anxiety began to lessen. Slowly but surely, I had one page written, and then I had five pages, and then I had ten, and the words just started flowing out of me. And then about halfway through that final semester, 
I had finalized my thesis and I was actually really happy with it. This was also about the time when all my other colleagues were just getting started writing their own thesis. They had procrastinated and they were beyond stressed because of it. But because I started before I was ready, I was able to spend the last bit of my semester actually enjoying Scotland and taking in the landmarks and the beauty around me. The key here was that I broke down my thesis into small chunks and just started writing. I could always go back in and edit later, but it felt good just to get moving on something, whether it was perfect or not. And that process of just starting is what enabled me to finish before everyone else and without the stress of an impending deadline. Taking small steps is a way to beat the feeling of overwhelm that stops you from starting. It's what makes something manageable and approachable, and it allows you to take action when you need to most. Okay, going on that same vein, I have another story about writing, but it was instead the story about how I learned how to write. Not just putting together sentences, but truly write formally. When I was in ninth grade, I had a teacher, Mr. Bradley. Mr. Bradley was a quirky, jovial, and highly intelligent teacher that I loved, um, but I also hated at the same time. (laughs) As much as I loved him as a person, I hated going to his history English class. And yeah, I know it's weird. We had history and English as a combined class at our school. I don't know. The reason why I hated to go to his class was because I was painfully shy and I didn't ever want to be singled out. And this was something that he did on a regular basis with his class. You combine the, that, the fact that I'm shy with a severe drive for perfectionism and you get a train wreck, really. (laughs) I was shy because I wanted to be perfect. My confidence at the time came from knowing that I could be perfect. If it was perfect, I could share it with the world and be confident about it. But if it wasn't, I would drown in self-doubt and discontent and just loathe the idea of speaking up in class. Ninth grade was also the time when we started learning how to write a formal paper, like essays. Mr. Bradley taught us a formula of sorts for how to shape your essay. We learned how to write an introduction, uh, a statement, then supporting evidence, and then, of course, a conclusion. And it seemed simple enough, right? Well, for me, this was absolutely excruciating, I remember spending entire weekends contemplating the exact perfect words to get this essay right. I'd skip social events. I'd tell friends that I couldn't hang out just to agonize over how to write the sentence. And it was killing me. I I hated that I was saying no to friends and not being social, but I also hated that I couldn't get the words perfect. I was unable to just sit down and let myself experiment with my writing. I became so obsessed with hitting the formula perfectly that I'd end up staring at a blank piece of paper for hours without writing a single word down. It's crazy, right? I know. (laughs) 
Because if I couldn't create the perfect sentence in my head, it couldn't come out on the paper. In hindsight, that seems so ridiculous, right? There's a reason why people brainstorm and jot ideas down, and yet I wouldn't let myself do that. If there hadn't been deadlines for these essays, I would have never finished a single one. And this went on for a year. I truly hated sitting down to write. After a lot of time and several years, I eventually realized it wasn't Mr. Bradley who was the enemy here making me write all these essays. It was me. I was getting in the way of myself. If I could just let up on myself and allow myself to be imperfect, my writing could start to flourish. And eventually it did. Um, By the time I was in college, just like four years later, um, I could actually churn out an essay in a single sitting, and I didn't labor over it. It just all finally clicked and made sense to me in my head. But that's because I finally just allowed myself to start when I wasn't ready. The process of getting started and allowing myself to make mistakes along the way led to an entirely new perspective for me on writing, one where I don't fight it or criticize it. When you stop thinking this isn't perfect yet and this isn't ready for the world yet, then the action and the results can come so much more easily. And and what if it's terrible? Who cares? It's okay to be awful at something because you've never done it before and because it's a part of the learning process. Or maybe your first time isn't actually horrible, but the, the point is, every time you try, you'll learn and grow and get better. Okay, who out there enjoys cooking? Personally, I like cooking as long as I have a glass of wine in my hand. (laughs) Growing up, my dad was the cook in the house. At the time, I didn't really spend much time in the kitchen watching him, but he would always create these amazing dishes. And I never once saw him look at a recipe. He would just make it all from memory, I guess, or intuition. On a leftover night, he would say, we got to use it up. And he would just look at what was in the refrigerator and come up with the most creative, delicious meals. It always blew me away how he could do that. I've definitely been spoiled by having a dad as a cook when I was growing up. Like I said before, I never really paid attention to what he was doing in the kitchen. So when I went to college, I still didn't know how to cook. And I've got to admit... I somehow survived through college, also still not learning how to cook. I started telling myself a story that I'm just not good in the kitchen, and I'll never learn how to make a good meal. I had just resolved that I was going to be a mac and cheese connoisseur for the rest of my life. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, I still adore a good mac and cheese. Um, but that's not really a realistic meal to live on, is it? I wasn't really forced to learn how to cook until I started dating my now fiancé. And no, before you jump to conclusions, he did not tell me that I needed to start cooking for him. He didn't make me. I actually wanted to start cooking dinner for us both when I had the time. For me, I was most intimidated by cooking protein, 
I was always afraid that I was going to either overcook or undercook the meat. I remember one night we were in the kitchen in our first house together, and he asked me to start browning the ground beef. (laughs) And I was like, uh, I have no idea what to do. What does that even mean, brown the meat? I mean, how do I even know if it's brown enough? Like, what does that look like? So I was fighting the story in my head that I didn't know what I was doing and that I definitely was going to screw this up. But my fiancé was there, and I could have him look over my shoulder to make sure that I cooked the meat properly, so I gave it a try. And this was a time where I definitely was not ready, but with the support of Jordan, I actually just started And little by little, my confidence grew every time I made another meal. And I've got to say, too, it really helps when you have a fiancé who never criticizes your cooking. He knows that if he does criticize it, I'm going to stop cooking. So he's a smart man. (laughs) After a few nights of tentatively trying some meals... Um, I then decided to get a HelloFresh subscription. This this really helped me to like build my confidence up um, because it exposed me to some new recipes that I would never naturally just try by myself. It helped me to start understand fundamental ingredients and spices that are found in many dishes. And I started learning how I could be more creative with my meals. And I did that for probably about a year. And today, I can actually say that I'm at a point where I'm cooking on most nights and I don't need a subscription box to help me feel confident in the kitchen. Don't get me wrong, I still highly recommend HelloFresh. It's so convenient and nice. But, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I have to rely on it anymore. When you change your story in your head, and you shut up the excuses that you've created for yourself, you can just start and practice as you go. Because think about it, your thoughts around I'm not ready is really just an excuse, isn't it? I mean, change that story in your head to I'm going to start even if I don't feel ready, and that can change everything. So those were just four of the times I started when I wasn't ready. The time I started a podcast, right now, in this very moment. The time I wrote a master's thesis. The time I learned how to cook. And the time I learned how to write. The reality is, I'm starting things before I'm ready all the time, every day. What's something you've been wanting to start, but you're unsure of yourself? Have you been starting to think about beginning a business, but you're afraid of failing? Or maybe you want to lose weight, but you feel like it's not the right time. It may sound cliche, but trying and failing is so much better than never trying at all. There's no perfect time or circumstance to get started. Stop waiting for it. That perfect time or that perfect circumstance will never come. You have to have the courage to look past those fears and doubts and just get started. You don't have to take on your whole dream in one day. Just have the courage to take one small step toward it each day. I want to live a life where I took chances and I made mistakes and then I learned from them. 
I want to look back in my old life and be proud of what I accomplished. And I want to tell myself, cheers for a well-lived life. Don't you? Okay, so here are the key takeaways from today's episode. Number one, you're bound to feel uncertain, unprepared, and uncomfortable. Even the most successful people had to start from ground zero or day one and grow from there. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Number two, you may feel overwhelmed with the task of getting started. Breaking a project or goal down into small steps and milestones will help you to overcome the feeling of overwhelm that stops you from getting started. It's what makes the process more manageable and approachable, and these small steps allow you to take action when you need it most. Number three, it's okay to be awful at something because you've never done it before, and it's a part of the learning process. Let go of perfectionism and allow yourself to make mistakes along the way. When you stop thinking this isn't perfect yet and this isn't ready for the world yet, then the action and the results will come so much more easily. Number four, change the story in your head. Just because you tried something and failed in the past doesn't mean it will play out the same way. Forget about your past story. Create a new story, one where you're starting before you're ready and you're practicing until you succeed. When you change your story in your head and you stop telling yourself excuses that you've created, you can just start and practice as you go. And number five, the first step to success is to start. The next step is to practice. You'll never completely feel ready before you start, so just start. Don't sit and wait. Your future self will be glad you did. Now it's time for what I'm loving right now. It's the part of the show where I get to share something that I love with you. For my very first What I'm Loving Now, I knew exactly what it had to be. I adore my white and worn cashmere travel wrap scarf. I got it as a Christmas gift for my fiance this past year, and it's a beautiful heather gray color, so it goes with a variety of outfits. It's an investment piece for sure, but... It'll last forever and it's timeless. Not only does it make you feel like you're a chic jet setter, but it's also extremely practical. A good cashmere wrap is so versatile and luxuriously comfortable to use when you're traveling. And it instantly upgrades your look. I use my cashmere wrap in a variety of ways when I travel. I've used it as a wrap, a scarf, a blanket, and even a pillow. I'm always freezing on planes and in offices, pretty much everywhere. So it's nice to have something that's so soft and warm in environments that are not always the most comfortable. 
I particularly like the cashmere wrap from White and Worn because it's from a very reputable company that's been around since 97. They make stylish, versatile, and comfortable knits in cashmere, cotton, linen, and merino wool. And they offer multiple color options and their designs are super high quality. A good cashmere can last a lifetime, so it's a great investment piece for your wardrobe, whether you're jet setting or not. You can go to jetsettingblonde.com forward slash love list to check it out. Cheers, my dears. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to dive deeper into creating your jet set life, start with upgrading your mindset from economy to first class thinking. You can download my free training, Your Pass to First Class, by visiting jetsettingblonde.com forward slash start dash here. Because the first step to creating your jet set life starts with upgrading your mindset. And if something in today's episode really resonated with you, please, please screenshot and tag me at the jet set blonde on Instagram or Facebook. I really want to know what your biggest takeaway was. I'd love to hear from you amazing ladies. It means so much to me when I see your screenshots of you listening to the podcast and reading my posts online. Every screenshot and review means the world to me. Honestly, I read every single one. And I just really appreciate your support in listening to this episode and supporting me on this adventure that we call life. I look forward to bringing you more awesome and genuinely helpful content that will help you to create the jet set life of your dreams. So with that, cheers friends from the high skies.